Hi there, Let's Talk Sports fans. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Let's Talk New York Sports. And I'm joined by my co-host, Keith. Um, thanks for joining me here on Northeast Streaming Sports, Keith. Well, it's great to be with you here, Dan, on this uh, uh, hopefully uh, joyous uh, Christmas Eve day for people. Uh, and Merry Christmas to those that celebrated, and whatever holiday you do celebrate, I hope you enjoy that uh, safely uh, with your family, whatever, wherever and whatever that might be. Yeah, um, same goes for me. Anyone that's watching, Merry Christmas. Um, and um, it's almost here. Um, so um, before we get started, a couple Got your call right here, first. Dan. Got your call right here if you need it. Yeah. I was going to say Jolly St. Nick. Um, so, and for anyone what's looking for the perfect Christmas present, they got it in the form of your show earlier today. Um, you and Carlos debating many things, um, a bit of baseball, I know, and obviously NFL. Um, how did the show go? Good. We mostly had talked about, you know, unfortunately, as the holiday gets here, it becomes uh, the NFL firing season, as we all know that. The coaches, I think, with the, with the season uh, longer now, uh, coaches at least don't get fired, you know, right after Christmas or, you know, just before Christmas. So uh, at, for the most part. Um, but still, we're going to have a bunch of coaches get fired. We kind of went around a league. It, look at, it looked at who was secure and who wasn't and uh, made some um, speculations on who might fill those positions should they come open. And then we talked a little bit about uh, Buck Showalter's hiring with the Mets, which I'm sure you'll want to talk about a bit today as well. Uh, yeah, uh, definitely. Um, and before we get started, I also want to um, say to me and Keith's gone exciting announcement that so we made the announcement we'll be going on Roku here on North East Streaming Sports from the start of the year um the first show what will actually go live will be a morning show me and keith's going to just talking nfl and probably anything else would crops up so um i'm excited to have keith um start the northeast streaming um era of roku with me well i'm excited uh, both about joining uh, northeast streaming sports joining or, or having our own roku channel and getting uh, my shows and your shows up. And I'm also uh, extreme, extremely grateful to be able to be part of the kickoff show on uh, Roku with you uh, as well, Dan. Yeah, thanks for that, Keith. And um, another um, person we're grateful to have in both of our communities, Carlos. Says Carlos. Carlos is stalk, stalking me today. He not only knows my IP address, he now knows my physical address, so I cannot get away from <laughs> Carlos now. Uh be worried because uh, you don't want the mad New Yorker knocking at your door. Um, if he and I sure hope, um, if he does know your address, he doesn't know your tips, fan. But, um, yeah, um, <laughs> right. I think we're both glad to have Carlos in our community. He certainly enriches many of my shows. I stopped in on my baseball show earlier on in the week, and um, I know. Carlos is going to start writing a blog in our Talk Sports uh, group page. I'm excited for that in the new year. So, Carlos, we thank you for yes, watching. Carlos. Carlos, is, Carlos brings a lot to all the shows that he's on, and that's why uh, uh, we came up with this idea to do this show on Fridays together because 
Carlos is very passionate about his opinions as I am. And, you know, sooner or later, he's going to understand that I'm right. And uh, that's all we need to remember. <laughs> and then we won't have any show anymore. But I was going to say, I'm sure he'll uh, be of opinion sooner or later. You'll realize um, he's right. And uh, that's the beauty of the show. Um, so the world would be a much get... peace, more peaceful place if they just listened to everything I said. Uh, it certainly would, and that goes for many things. Um, perhaps we should. <laughs> I don't wish to get political, but perhaps we could send you over to Russia to talk to Putin because it seems like we're on yeah. World War Three. Listen, oh, I'm, if I go over there, I'm getting Bob Kraft's Super Bowl ring back, and that's all I care about. Just, just an FYI. The heck with the rest of diplomacy. I was going to say. Um, Perhaps you can multitask, but um, <laughs> so um, talking of the Patriots, um, a rare occasion this season, a little bit of a disappointing result last week. Um, but are you not as disappointed? Because I know you sort of said in our previous show, the cult sort of worried you a bit and if you could have a choice between the bills and the colts you'll take a loss to the colts how do you feel this loss just um lost to the better team on the day they were much they were by far the better team on the day uh you know they ran the ball down the patriots throats um they controlled the the, the clock the pace of the game um i mean it isn't like the loss doesn't hurt because obviously it hurts them in the race for the, uh, for the conference championship or conference uh, uh, number one seed. Um, but again, it's better than losing to Buffalo and, and worrying about the division. So I, I think it was a good learning experience for Mac Jones. He, again, I've said this all along that he can handle the adversity and he rebounds from it. And that team was in a cheap as badly as they played that day. Mac Jones made some bad decisions uh, the defense didn't play well. Bad, bad penalties again and some crucial spots. And uh, even with all that, there was a chance if they had stopped the, the Colts on third down instead of giving up a 67-yard touchdown to Taylor, uh, they were in a position to make a run at the end of the game. And that's all you can ask for in that situation. As bad as you play, to still have a chance to win at the end of the game, you know, they do adjust and still adjust better than than most teams in the NFL uh, from the, some of these horrible starts. And But come the playoff time, you don't want to be putting yourself in that position. So huge game Sunday against Buffalo, and, and uh, they've got to fix some of these things. It's not just Mac Jones. Again, the penalties killed them again uh, Sunday, and it's it had gotten cleaned up, you know, during the winning streak a bit. But penalties have hurt this team. Uh, throughout the year, and they make him in some awful, awful times in the game. Yeah, um, I agree. Um, but I guess the reality is you've played so well recently, sort of this sort of performance and result was coming, if that makes sense. Um, can't, and, a couple... and don't kid yourself, the Colts are not a bad football team. I, no. I was surprised at what I saw that night, how quick their defense was, number one. Uh, how Taylor I knew was good, but I hadn't seen him play much. Very, very good. And fr I think Frank Reich is a uh, very underrated uh, coach in this league. I agree. And in regard to Jonathan Taylor, I think he's the only running back what you can 
is better than him is Derek Henry and then is his usage going to start to become an issue so I personally I think you can make an argument for him being a top five offensive rep in this league already to be honest with you because yeah uh, I know everyone will argue McCaffrey but the injury sort of it's starting to become an issue so um this is only his second year as well Normally, it's the third year where they really hit the ground running. And to be honest with you, if I'm in this division, that's scary to me. To me, he's the best running back in a league not named uh, Henry. So, yes. McCaffrey, you know, being on the field is part of really being a dangerous weapon. You can't yeah. be a dangerous yeah, weapon in, in street clothes, right? So, I agree. Um, so, Carlos says, I'm not always right, but when I am, it's okay. Well, I disagree with that, too. I'm just kidding, Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> there are certainly times Carlos has been right, and I've had to admit that I'm wrong. But uh, oh, I'm not, not sure you'll wrong. agree with this next comment, either. He says, come playoff time, <laughs> Mac will help the Patriots lose. Well, this is why he's only right sometimes, He's because he says things like that. I mean, look at the Patriots and Mac Jones. Mac Jones has been a an integral part of the Patriots' success this year, and the Patriots have helped him be that successful because of the way they handle him and the way they put him in positions to succeed. And there's been very few games like last week where he makes some big mistakes. Now, again, what I was impressed with most with was his ability to get past that adversity of making those mistakes and play well in that fourth quarter and give the team a chance to get back in the game. You're going to have bad games. Everybody's going to have bad games. Tom Brady has bad games. Johnny United has had bad games. You know, Joe Namath had more bad games than good games. But uh, yeah. just a little shot there to, to Jets for Carlos. Oh, trust sorry. Me, you um, me. I didn't mean to hurt you. I was like going to say, trust me, I don't mind. Uh, but um, where I see it of Mac Jones, and I don't think this is – I think he's ahead of schedule. What he's been yeah. doing this year – I, I always thought he was a good pick, but I thought you might it might have took him a season. And essentially what he's been doing this year, I thought you'd have next year, if that makes sense. So what? however this season ends, sort of, it's sort of gravy, if you will. Um, it's all profit, if you will, and he will benefit from that yeah. next year. And so will the Patriots. Um, I actually think the Patriots, I know it was a bad loss last week, but they are one of the team's I'd trust more going into the playoffs. Some of that's because of Bill Belichick. And um, that defence is elite. The running game will suit the playoffs, particularly this time of year. It's going to be... I'm intrigued to see how they match up in the playoffs. But uh, to be honest with you, this Bills game is going to be so important because I think who wins it probably will win the division. Well, as you look at it, sitting there going into the game, both teams control their own destiny, right? If they win out, they win the division, and that's as simple as it is. And uh, you got to take care of business this week. Uh, it doesn't matter who you're a fan of, because both teams, and they're speaking of the Buffalo Bills fans, there's Dave Guyette. Yeah. Um, you know, the Bills aren't a bad football team. No matter what happened here uh, three weeks ago, you're going to see a much different game this week than you saw then, though, because obviously the Bills are going to be trying to stop that that running game, and Mac Jones is going to have to step up and probably have to, you know, make some plays uh, for the Patriots to be able to win this football game. And I and I, 
totally confident he'll be able to do that. Yeah, um, I agree. Um, and um, Carlos also adds, at least they have a backup. <laughs> Actually, no. <laughs> Hoyer is a back. You know, he is the ultimate backup. He handles a clipboard better than any player in the history of the NFL. Well, uh, I was but going to say, thing, we were done. <laughs> I was going to say the thing is. They have the veteran sort of third stringer. They don't necessarily have the backup, but you couldn't kick Cam there, so it'll be interesting. But Mac Jones, there's never any guarantees, but he strikes me as quite a durable sort of guy. Let's put in touch wood of your Patriots fan. Um, By the way, Carlos, speaking of, the, of Carlos and Mac Jones, Carlos keeps telling me, wait till look, uh, Mac Jones takes one good lick. Well, he took one good lick and completed a pass to Nikhil Harry in Saturday night's game, and he took a shot to the head, which I, by the way, Mac Jones has been taking shots game after game because the line was horrible early in the year, and Mac Jones is a tough, tough kid, um, and he's taken licks, and I can tell you, he took one Saturday night that was a monster hit and he bounced right back up. So that's what it's like in the NFL. And I think Mac Jones knows that. Yeah, um, I agree. Um, so um, David Gardeck leads us into our next segment. Hi, Keith, stop talking about the Patriots. Let's talk about <laughs> the Bills. Just kidding. Jeez, Dave, where were you earlier? That's all we did was talk about the Bills. Just kidding. Look at um, you know what the, the Bills are a very good football team. I, I won't take anything away from them. They, they're not playing as well as people expected them this year. Two is this year, but again, they haven't been able to adjust. People are adjusting to what the Bills do, and the Bills aren't able to do anything different. That's why they're struggling. They can't switch it up. You know, it's Josh Allen. Uh, it's the Josh Allen show every week, and and there's no way to kind of um, make the adjustments when people are are handling that. Uh, and I, that's the the Bills' biggest issue in my mind. Yeah, um, I agree. Um, I think it's um, – I don't – they're a very good team, but going into the playoffs, if I was a Bills fan, I would be worried a little bit because we've talked about this such a lot. They didn't fix some of their problems, and now um, – they're paying for that, and to be honest with you, a few of their problems, I didn't really think they had. Their defence, whereas it's been good for most of the season and beat up on certain teams, some teams are beat up on them, and in, you can't have that issue in at playoff time, particularly if you can't run the ball successfully and your O-line has issues. Um and um, it seems like Carlos agrees because he says the Bills don't have an O-line. Um, so I would say they have half an O-line, but I get your point. But that's not a good thing. You don't want half an O-line, trust me. Uh, three running backs, no push. That's the Bills O-line. That's their, that's their problem. They, you know, know I mean, they, didn't, they had a chance to address it in the draft. They didn't do it. They chose not to do it. They addressed at other uh, uh, positions, mostly on defense and their offensive line. And look at it. It's still a good team. And as we saw last week or last year, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were playing similar to the way the Bills played up until this point in the season, all last season, up and down. And 
you know, frustrating for their fans. And they caught fire at the right time. Their defense and their running game, as much as the greatest quarterback in the history of football, uh, got hot at the right time and won a Super Bowl. It wasn't just Tom Brady. That team played well and just gelled at the right time. And you could see the Bills do pull off a similar feat or the Chiefs or the Patriots. That's all, you know. It's just get hot at the right time, stay healthy, especially now. Um, you know, and that's the team that's gonna that's gonna win it all. Like you know, just again get there and then worry about getting hot. That's all. Yeah, um, Andre. I mean, it's um, gonna be an interesting few weeks with that word get healthy because that's took on. A whole new yeah. uh, term. Um, but looking at the Bills going forward, to be honest with you, I think they might have to select probably two O linemen and maybe even two running backs this draft. Um, to be honest with you, they ain't got too many more needs. Maybe another linebacker to add to that. But to be honest with you, they're more or less okay with receiver. Maybe add one sort of speed receiver, but they are their big needs. So to be honest with you, if they want that running game to improve, they may have to go O-line and running back heavy, to be honest. If I was them with my first two picks, I would go O-line and then find you can find running backs in the third and fourth round. There's someone like Michael Carter proves and there's, so many other names so it's going to be interesting for the bills that front office needs to prove that they've learned from their mistakes last off season i agreed again you you put a good running back a decent running back on this team look at it you know the patriots don't have superstars in that backfield but they're very efficient and they and they do very well more often than not uh, in controlling uh, the game and, and the offensive line has got, gotten better improving or uh, controlling a line of scrimmage um, and that's what the Bills need. Again, Josh Allen is a very talented guy, but Josh Allen's only going to take you so far if you can't run the football. Every good team can run the football when they have to run the football. Yeah, um, I agree. Um, so um, this brings us on to the Giants um, thingy, and um, they seem to be on Carlos's mind as well. Saying if I um give if I'm the Giants, I'll give the Bills five and six. For what? I don't know if I'm confused. I'm not more sure what he's giving them up yeah. for. I was going to say the comment before was David saying there's too much pressure on. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure. Carlos might want to clarify what he's given up five yeah. and six for. Because uh, it's not Josh Allen, that's for sure. <laughs> you know, the Giants have got their own problems, right? And I know Carlos yeah. wants them to lose out uh, so they have a better uh, draft pick. But, you know, players don't want to tank. Players want to win. And I'd like to see, uh, as we talked about a little bit here last week, Jake Fromm play. And the, the Giants might just fall into something with Jake Fromm. You don't know. It's probably not likely, but one never knows. I mean, guys come out of nowhere. Look at Kurt Warner, right? The movie that's coming out. Uh, I don't. I forget the name of the, the movie now, but it's coming out uh, this this week about his story. And this is a guy who was bagging groceries, and all, and then he was winning Super Bowls a year later. You know, so guys, 
come come out of nowhere. Just give them a chance to play, and I hope that's their plan. I haven't really paid much attention to the Giants' game plan here, but I'm hoping it's not Mike Lennon again. He can't play, you know. So if if you, in fact, want to lose out to improve your draft position, then by all means, play, play Mike Lennon. Yeah, um, it's um, going to be interesting. And I, I can't see why you wouldn't. They, to be honest with you, you're just taking over games anyway. So why wouldn't you? At least, if nothing else, you can see if Jake Fromm's a backup option for next year. Even It doesn't mean, oh, yeah, he's a new franchise quarterback. Don't so. be you, um, you just need to find out, even if you find out if you got yourself a backup quarterback, right? So, and from is from his starting announced 30 minutes ago. Well, there you go. Giants want to find out what they got. Don't forget, you know, he <laughs> Josh Fields left Georgia because he could not beat out Jake Fromm. Don't forget that this kid's got some talent, so we'll see. Um, it's going to be interesting because um, he's certainly got some playmakers around him. It's just one concern I've got is he strikes me as the drawback but needs a good old line in front of him. I'm not oh, yeah. going to lie. I, see, I know the basics about his game. I'm not going to sit here and say I've watched every game of his college career. That's just my take on him. It, like, I guess every quarterback needs a good day line, but there's ones what you can get away with it and what can't. And I think he probably needs a pretty good O line in front of him. So that um, is yeah, going to be in. He's not a runner. You know, he's not a runner like Lamar Jackson or even Daniel Jones, you know, or Josh Fields. I mean, he, he does need to be protected. So um, we'll see. I mean, I think at least it gives you, if you're a Giant fan, at least gives you some reason to turn on a football game to see how he plays. Yeah. Otherwise, um, what, am I, what are you watching for? Yeah, I agree. Uh, trust me, um, in that uh, position this week. Um, uh, before we move on, uh, David, uh, the Patriots uh, keep winning no matter who the quarterback is. They have a very good coach. Yeah, I think he might amount uh, to something. He's got a chance. Yeah, oh, great. And um, <laughs> I don't wish to offend a David or any Bills fans, but um, Sean McDermott needs to earn his money this week. He got, I know he's going up against Bill Belichick, but the last couple of years he's had sort of regret it. Now it's time. He didn't really elevate their game during the playoffs. So this is... Yeah sort of like a playoff game. He needs to show something. You can't help get beaten by that much. And he's been lauded as an elite coach. He's got to show... I know he's going up against Bill Bredichick, but he's still got to show something. That can't be an excuse, in my opinion. No, and, you know, if you do lose the game, uh, Sean, don't go into the post-game press conference and, and, and you know, just dismiss the efforts of the coach on the other sideline. <laughs> you know, you get, when you get out coached by one of the best coaches ever, it's okay to say that. That's why watch Bill Belichick when he loses a game. He says, we got out coached, we got out played, we got out this, we got out that. Don't make excuses that, you know, Sean McDermott came out of that game looking very bad with the excuses he made and, and not the excuses, but the way he was trying to take credit away from Bill Belichick for, you know, I get it. Bill Belichick didn't reinvent football when he only threw the ball 
three times because of the conditions. But he got out, he outcoached McDermott badly that day. And everything that McDermott said to try to back up his own argument only only solidified the fact that he was badly outcoached that day. And it's okay to say it. You know, you don't be so insecure. Uh, you know, so maybe that's just me talking. By the way, <laughs> we got a surprising Belichick uh, apology to the press corps on uh, Monday this week after he was very short, which he always is, by the way, if you've ever watched one of his postgame press conferences, they're like, I mean, it's one word and he's done. Um, but he was very short with a couple of reporters and actually apologized for the, those remarks or lack of those remarks on uh, Monday, which is unusual for him. Yeah. Um, I saw then my first response was, what was it? What is the yacht? To, to be honest, <laughs> you. guys, guys are always thinking Bill's up to something, and you're probably right. <laughs> um, it definitely was interesting. Um, so um, this brings us on to the Jets. Um, this will be two from one. <laughs> Talking about last week's game, and then the COVID uh, outbreak, which we could do whole show on yeah. itself but um just looking at the game to be honest with you this loss sort of hurt me more than getting absolutely fresh because i think this game was there to win for oh, yeah. the jets and more importantly um zach wilson who is under a little bit of pressure certainly from the new york media um to be honest with you how he started off game i thought this was even better than how he started off against philadelphia it was um very he took charge of the game and that's what you want to see particularly as there weren't too many playmakers on the field um and it was against a good defense he hadn't really performed against a great defense before but the downside to that was as the game went on, um, it sort of went bad. Some of that's on the defence, and I do think some of it, don't get me wrong, is on Zach Wilson, but I think the Dolphins had made their adjustments and the Jets didn't adjust to their adjustments, if that makes sense. And to be honest with you, whereas I think the floor called a good game, a little bit's on him and a little bit of it's on Salo as well. To be honest with you, you, you can't, uh, they haven't played well in the whole game there. And to be honest with you, that's got to be on the coaching staff a little bit here. You, if someone adjusts their game to what you're doing, you've got to be ready with a plan B to um, then make them adjust their game. Adjustments are all about, it's all, the game's all about adjustments, right? In game, at halftime, you know, on the fly. You have to be able to do that, and good teams find a way to do it. Um, just like I talked about uh, Mac Jones and the Patriots last week, even though they didn't come back and win, you've got to be able to make those kind of adjustments. If I'm a Jet fan, I agree with the stuff you were talking about, Dan, but if I'm a Jet fan, now I'm starting to see the things that we talked about early in the year. And again, it was the season was never about wins and yeah. losses. It was about progress and, and being competitive. And they've been competitive uh, more often than not the last – you know, four or five games. And Zach Wilson has shown in stretches that he can get this job done in the NFL. 
and you got to take you got to look for your for your uh, pluses where you can find them. And again, you're you're talking about a team that's playing some really good football again, uh, in the Miami Dolphins right now too. And you gave them a game, and Wilson looked good in spurts. So you got to protect them better. You can't get sacked six times, um, right? Right. And uh, again, I think there's 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 good stuff to take away from you know a lot of the games in the last month, and uh, that's where you need to focus on. They're not just. I mean, early on in the year, I mean, it was just when is, when's the game going to get over, right? It's that's not where you're at now. Things are starting to look better, and they need to keep that momentum going. It'd be nice to win a game or two as they close out the season, sure, but they need to keep this momentum going, so they have some good feelings carrying into the off season and uh, into next season. Obviously, about not just Zach Wilson, but the coaching staff and the rest of his team in general. I agree. I mean, um, I do put some of the protection under them having Connor McDermott at left tackle, which, trust me, I had no inclination to ever see him on an NFL field, let alone left tackle protecting the future of your franchise yeah, and then yeah. for the Tucker run out. So I do put some of their offense going downhill in the second half down to that because you essentially had your whole left side down injured. And that's when where most of uh, Michael Carter's runs have been coming from, running behind that left side. And you also had the right guard out injured. So it is not good. McDermott's your fourth tackle. He's a center of practice squad tackle left. You don't want that at your left tackle. What I probably would have done is moved... Morgan Moses over to protect the blind side. I know he's a right tackle, but let's be honest, he got to be better. Um, but I agree with you. There was plenty of positives. Um, and one big positive is that there wasn't that sort of natural receiver um, out there. I think probably they might have won this game if Elijah Moore was on the field, if Wilson had that. Um right. Good point. And um, it's quite interesting. This week, the press would have you believe Wilson's just going downhill, certainly the New York beat, um, <laughs> asking, is he a bust? They know how to rub the fan base um, the wrong way. The fan base is certainly arguing with the beat. So much so, um, apparently there's a campaign boycott the beat, so that's getting interesting. Uh New York content craze are apparently running it. I don't know too much about it. Hmm. But I do find it interesting. Uh, but to hmm. be honest with you, um, I do think this is part of why it's hard on Wilson because in the, the New York media, and we talked about this last week, you don't hear much about Trevor Lawrence's struggles, but all you hear all the time is about Zach Wilson. And to be honest with you, he has earned two Rookie of the Week awards. And I don't put much stock in awards, but it, there's something to be said for that. And yeah. not just him, there's two other rookies. What I've got, yeah. so this rookie class is looking good. So that's what the Jets fans can hang their hat on. Um, and I just find it interesting that the back page would have you believe that um, he's Nathan Peterman or something like that. Um, he hasn't been perfect, but there's positives. 
There is. I mean, again, you, you look at him and, and, and Michael Carter, as I, I told you right after the draft that you guys got the steal of the draft with Michael Carter in the fourth round and even getting more uh, late in the first round. So look at, just be patient, you know, take it, take it slow. This thing will be, this team will be all right if they don't screw it up. I think, Yeah. you know, that's coming from a Patriot fan. Again, that's another, another thing that's, that's hard for the jet coaches and, and Zach Wilson is the fact that, you know, they're coming in with all this optimism and then, you know, the Patriots bounce back and they look like the Patriots a lot of times again. And, and they got a quarterback who looks like he might be around for you know 10 or 12 years. And it's like uh, deja vu all over again for some uh, fans. And it's hard to see that them bounce back in one year when the, when the jets can't bounce back in, you know, 10 years. So, yeah. I mean, Asala's raised this point that, hey, we've just got it. But uh, it's not their fault. But what he doesn't get is this fan base has been starved for so long and they've had Adam Gase years. And I think the problem is, and um, some of the beat reporters said that the fan base is getting, this is as toxic as they've ever seen. I would argue perhaps don't write articles to inflame them and they won't be as toxic. But to be honest, it's just built for the last couple of years, built and built and built. Not only if they not being a playoff team or that it's the longest streak without a playoff game, I believe, for Jets hold. But uh, to be honest, there just hasn't been any good quarterbacks. So this it feels like Wilson is with great hope. So anything that's written bad about him, it's sort of like, uh, my guess is the fan base sees it as, are oh, you trying to kill our last hope? So it's it's interesting. Um, mm. And I think Joe Douglas is under a bit of pressure this off-season because his first draft class is looking worse and worse. Even someone like Matthai Beckton, who went on the field, has looked good. The reality is it's not looking like he's going to come back at all this year. Right. And um, they originally said six weeks. It's been a whole heap longer than that. And to be honest with you, there's already a question mark. Will they have to draft another tackle just in case? And if if he looks like he's going to be you know, basically an injury right off that first draft class, um, apart from Bryce Hall, the next successful player in that draft class is Aston Davis. And um, although he's had a couple of interceptions recently, he can't cover for anything is the problem. Yeah, yeah and uh, that's all true. But, you know, the last again, last year was a good draft class, yeah. or at least it looks like it's going to be. And if he, if he has a good offseason this year and the team makes some progress next year, then Joe Douglas will be fine. If they start, you know, if they continue down the path, that they're on now and don't keep the momentum building that I talked about earlier into next year, then, you know, yes, Joe Douglas will be in, prop, uh, in trouble, which means the coaching staff will be in trouble because you'll have a new regime, uh, which is always bad for coaches. Yeah. Uh, way I'll say it's if they ever draft class like last year, they'll be okay. They will have the players they need. If they have one like the first year, to be honest, he's getting fired. Um, it's going to be interesting. The only thing that I can, what I'm hoping is the first draft class isn't as good because he got installed mid-season and maybe the scouting 
wasn't in place that isn't an excuse but that would be better than we've just whiffed on everyone to be yeah. honest with you i would prefer that to be the case um it's going to be interesting because he builds his stock on a the draft so to be honest with you having a whole draft class what essentially looks like a wash isn't good so it's going to be interesting this is going to be a an important off-season. This is going to define Joe Douglas's uh, legacy, certainly as a New York Jet general manager, and not just because of the draft. People are getting a bit tired of the free agency signings not working out. So he's got to, he's got still got some money, sixty to seventy million. So it'll be interesting if he goes bargain basement hunting again, or if he goes for a couple of difference makers this year yeah it's gonna be hard <clears throat> either way i mean like we talked a little bit about the bad luck of you know with the patriots bouncing back so quickly but this whole division uh, this division is going to be tough for a while uh, a while uh looking yeah. ahead now because the, the bills aren't going anywhere they're going to get better um miami continues to get better and then you got the patriots so the jets have got a tough road ahead of them this might end up being the best division in football after you know, being ridiculed for years uh, about, you know, the Patriots winning so many division titles because the rest of the division stunk. Well, that's not the case anymore. This division is pretty deep. And when the Jets start to move up that ladder, um, you know, making progress, it may end up being the best division of football. Yeah, I agree. I actually think um, if the draft and goes well, this could turn into what Seattle's and San Francisco's uh division is which um to be honest that will be a winner for tv ratings we will see um carlos adds uh mike white what are they going to do with him um he had one good game i mean what what why would i think mike white is i mean he might be the backup quarterback why not that's what you do with him yeah i mean that i'd read though to be honest with you of their backups for one what I trust most is Joe Flacco. If it was if I was with GM, I would re-sign him again next year, to be honest with you. I know obviously he's getting on with age, but he's serviceable as a backup because I've got more trust in him than Mike White because he had one great game, I will admit, but he also had one of the worst games I've ever yeah. seen as well. Yeah. I have no reason to think Mike White is, you know, anything more than you know, Mike White. Look up Clint Longley and, yeah. you know, you'll see great games. One great game and nothing else. And, you know, you're right about Flacco or somebody else. We talked about this before the season with the with the backup position. It's really hard. It, it, you make it harder on your rookie quarterback when you don't have a veteran presence there for him. Um, and I think that's that's important. I mean, as bad as I talk about Hoyer, at least he's been a good influence and presence for, for uh, Mac Jones. So I think the Jets need Flacco or somebody like that on this roster. Yeah. I agree. Um, Carlos also adds both the Jets and the Giants need to sell their pitch while stress and make mistakes picking a mediocre player. Well, if I was the Jets, what I would consider doing is, um, and this week could define that, if they can get one of those top two pass rushers, then you don't trade for their top pick but that seattle pick 
if they're looking to go down an O-lineman or a receiver, you can afford, if you get the right offer, maybe get an extra second or third. But the problem is, it's easy to say uh, trade down, but there has to be someone to trade down. The mm -hmm. deals you've had recently um, with San Francisco and also the Bears, they were for quarterbacks. People, they rarely trade up um, for other players. There's rarity like the Jets did, uh, but you're not going to get a huge amount, um, maybe an extra second, and then it has to be, well, you're going to get criticised for trade down if you do it merely for, say, a third-round pick. So it's, the deal has to be there, and I'm not sure necessarily that it will be um, there for teams. I know a lot of fans, the Giants fans, are also talking about trading down, but I don't necessarily know if the deals will be there, so it has to be worth your while. With a weak quarterback class, it's going to be very hard to trade out of uh, early yeah. picks, I think. I mean, there's some really good defensive uh, linemen available for sure and offensive linemen, and I think that's what, you know, it's going to be, if you're a fan of the draft, but you like to see exciting quarterback and wide receiver and running back picks, you might be a little disappointed come this next draft because I think yeah. it's going to be a little bit different. Yeah, I agree. But um, also the thing is, and there is, it's very deep at the linemen, but apart from the top two, the difference between picking sixth or even 12 or 13 or 15 ain't that much difference it's a very deep defensive line class mm -hmm. so to be honest with you if i'm a general manager why um make that move because you're deferrating your the rest of your draft so it's going to be interesting whereas i would be open to the jets trading down it has to be worth it and my hunch is there won't be that much on offer there's been other years i've been willing to trade down but the deal just wasn't there um so it'll be interesting um so rejects um have a covid outbreak um who's playing at defense where you want me to play this week because they don't have anybody playing at defense say, well um I'm tempted to say does it matter because they've been playing like <laughs> no one's playing defense um but they're down to the bare bones. Um, the starting safety, whoever it is, seems like they run with being on the roster on Monday. Um, to be honest with you, I'm not sure it matters. Uh, also, uh, now the Jaguars have, have also got an outbreak this morning. Uh, Josh Allen um, has been added to the COVID list as well as Chanel and they're starting right guard, uh, Ben Batch. Um, so this is interesting because one of my concerns was if you throw Zach Wilson out there with this O-line, because O-line this week's going to be even worse than last week, I was um, concerned about Wilson's health. I guess with Josh Allen not um, starting as their pass rusher, that maybe puts his safety a bit better but even so um essentially um you've got free practice squad uh o-linemen starting 
um, at both guard positions and left tackle. So this is going to be interesting. I've mentioned the safety position. The rumour is that Pinnock, who they drafted out of Pitt, may have to start at safety. And I don't believe he's ever started at safety in college. Um, and apart from that, it'll be someone off of San Francisco, Prattestrod, who was added three days ago. So this could get rough quickly. CJ Mosey's got back injury, um, and their run defense did not look good with CJ Mosley. Yeah, so. this game This game is, if you're a fan, I mean, this game is like uh, Pete Axelm. I don't know if you remember Pete Axelm. He was a, he was a, a writer and... Um, he did a pick spot on NBC's pregame show years and years ago, 80s and maybe into the 90s, passed away now. But he every once in a while, he'd throw out a broken windshield special when he was doing the picks. And that's the one where you leave your two tickets on your, your dashboard. And when you come back, your windshield smash and there's four tickets. <laughs> so this might be a broken windshield a special game here. Yeah. Nobody's going to want to go to this game. I agree. Um, to be honest with you. I don't overly care if the Jets lose this because, to be honest, it doesn't really harm you. It might actually help you in the long term, but who actually wants to actually watch it? Um, I no. think the Jaguars actually need to win this more than the Jets do because Trevor Lawrence can see this as a get-right game. He's made one touchdown, and I think it's nine games. I think he could pat his numbers up a little bit. Um and but this is not going to be pretty. Um, no. oh. Crowder's yeah. also out there for out for the Jets, so Zach Wilson's got even less help. Um, yeah. I believe Carter's also on the COVID list. Um, so there's not much reason to watch if you're a Jets fan. It's interesting. Um, I've no sympathy for the Jets. I've got if you've got 20 plus players on the COVID list, you're obviously doing something wrong in your protocols. And um, yeah. I sort of praised them a little bit last weekend because they made a big fuss about, oh, we went all virtual last week. Well, if you went all virtual, your players clearly didn't get the message to be safe because there's 20 odd players. But what I will say is. Um, the Browns game got moved, which you and I both made our feelings clear. We did mm -hmm. not agree on this. And if you didn't make that move, I've no sympathy. What it seems like to some Jets fans, and I do believe this is the case, essentially you move that game because it's a playoff um, team or in the run, in could get a playoff. But these are two teams What are... Um, bottom of the league um, in all aspects, so you're not moving this game. Um, it's going to be interesting because if the Jaguars get many more injuries, particularly on the O-line, will they have second thoughts if Trevor Lawrence is meant to be the great white hope of playmaking? I don't necessarily think it is, but um, that has been a topic that Jaguar fans have said, oh, they need to protect Trevor Lawrence. Um, it's a pity the Jaguars didn't have that same theory of being careful wearing masks and so forth. But this is not going to be a pretty game. 
No, I mean, again, look at Trevor Lawrence, <clears throat> similar to Zach Wilson. People got to just relax again. These teams, yeah. these guys were not in a position to succeed in their first year um, in any way, shape or form. And you can't make a judgment based on their performances up until now. And, uh, you know, if you're a Jet fan up here in upstate New York, you don't have to worry about watching the game because the Bills and Patriots will be on and not the Jet game. So, yeah, well, that. There, is, that. That, there is that to it. And apparently Carlos just got text message nice. and he's been picked for the game. Uh, you're starting left tackle, uh, Carlos. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he wants to tank, so he may let, you know, guys come through and kill Zach Wilson. I don't know, because he'd rather see I'll them lose I was going to say, um, Tank, and maybe I, I mean, Jets fans are ready for him. Oh, we got to some, we even before the COVID outbreak, that's like we've got to forfeit this game so we can have Aiden Hutchinson. So, um, actually, Carlos wants to tank games. I don't understand. You want to tank games, but then you want to take those picks and trade down. So, I'm not sure I understand what's the point, just win games and pick back there anyway. Yeah, I'd read wrongly why. I'm in favor of losing this game is if you get one of those two pass rushes, to be honest with you. It's going to be interesting because two weeks ago I thought there was no chance the Jets end up with a top the top couple picks because but the lines have sort of changed that. So if the Jaguars win, it could actually be the answer to and Douglas's prayers, but it's going to be interesting because if they don't get those top couple picks, I think you're in the next tier of pass rushes, which I would be okay with them drafting someone like Neil of Alabama with the Beckton situation because um, you could pick someone like the Purdue pass rusher with that second pick. Um, it's That's wrong the interesting aspect of this game because it is not going to be pretty um i hate to think what the defense is going to look like if these were the second guys um i just want to see them get healthy for week 17 or 18 or whatever it is 18 week 18 because i may be the biggest jet fan in the world come uh week 18 when you got buffalo uh trust me um even there running back room could run up and down against the Jets <laughs> linebackers. Uh, but that'll be something they'll have to deal with um, come the off-season. Um, I mean, all the fans have kept calling out for CJ Mosley to make the Pro Bowl. If he's that good, why isn't he a difference maker? The reality is, and I think I mentioned this to you last week, I think some Jets fans have to face these guys, what we like, perhaps they're not as good as we think they are because, or you wouldn't be having this problem. But um, it's um, going to be an interesting game for all the wrong reasons I will finish up on. Yeah, sadly, if you're a Jet fan, again, look for little improvements. See how they play in yeah. spots. Don't worry about the, the wins or the losses. I mean, even if you lose at Jacksonville, it's not the end of the world, you know? I agree. And one positive is the likes of Brex and Berrios and Keelan Cole are auditioning for a role on the team next year. I think both have done okay in uh, at times and 
I could see them both staying on and essentially doing the trail of a role between them. I know you're a fan of uh, Berrios uh, Heffern. Um, watched him a lot at the young, in his yeah. university, don't. Yeah, he was very good, and uh, the Patriots actually drafted him. And I was a little disappointed they didn't hold on to him. He's, he's you know, he's he's a look at. He's never going to be a, a great, great player, but he's the kind of guy that you want on your roster. He can do a lot of things. You know, be a fifth wide receiver, return punts, can do a lot of things. And um, I was, I still think you know the Jets should be should be smart and hold on to him for because when they're good, you need a guys like Braxton Berrios on your team. They're the guys. That are unsung. Yeah. I agree. Um, and I will say this everyone at the start of the season was saying our oh, three Mims, he plays a hell of a lot harder than Mims does. So um perhaps Mims should take note because um he can complain as much as he likes, but he's getting opportunities, but he may yeah. as well be on the bench. Um so moving to baseball and um it seems like the worst kept secret all off season was Buckshaw uh, uh was gonna be the Mets um coach. Uh, this happened mm -hmm. pretty much as soon as we had our show last week and interesting huh? and I know you talked about this on your show today. Um I think of the three names as looking he was wrong name they could hire because the two other names, they're more sort of long-term sort of build. They would have made some rookie mistakes, but um, they're in win now. Well, they ain't got time for that. I do also find it interesting. Bucks very different to the other names as looking at their fee analytical, and that's something they've invested a lot of money in that department. But normally when you're looking at coach, you have sort of coach you want and they all fit the same idea there's two names what fit one idea and buck's very different so it's interesting that um that was the shortlist uh but i think he's exactly what the dressing room needed uh but this is either going to go very right or very wrong in my opinion uh he needs to get a handle of that locker room because i do think that was maybe part of the problem yeah i mean look at there's no accountability in that locker room that's the problem there's people pointing fingers everywhere uh, you know whether you're making up stories about you know two guys having a fight in the tunnel and you know saying it was about a rat or a raccoon or or guys getting thrown out of home and pointing fingers at the third base coach you know it's time for everybody in that team to be accountable for their own performances and their own uh, mistakes and Buck will bring that culture to this team and they're either going to buy in and it'll be very good for everybody. Or if they don't buy in and they want to be a bunch of prima donnas, then it won't be Buck's fault. It'll be their fault that they failed. The Mets did the right thing, brought the right guy in for the right situation. And I did a vlog that'll play at four o'clock actually on this topic. And if they don't win, it's not going to be on Buck. It's going to be on these guys. Hold yourselves accountable. You want to sign all these big money contracts and you want to play in New York City, then it's time you look in the mirror and when you lose, you don't quit on your manager and you don't point fingers at everybody around you because you're the 
part of the problem. It, again, there's an old saying, right? If you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. And it's the Mets have got to look at the season this way. Or you're right, it could go horribly wrong if these guys don't buy into the culture Buck's going to bring to this team. But he will change the culture, I guarantee you. Yeah, um, Audrey. Um, and was Carlos Duffer has a point, accountability don't get hit. What it yeah, does, does do is. Yes, it does. Um, yeah. In a way, it does because um, whereas it can't hit the balls for you, if you can't, then by holding them into account, you get someone who can get those hits. Um, and that was part of the problem. There was clearly no accountability because at the all star break, that division was basically theirs. I believe there's five games up, and yeah. I essentially said to the Braves, Ah. Oh, have this division, we don't want it. And you can't do that in any division, but particularly if you're on a New York team, um, that will not wash. Um, and I, I know some people said, oh, Rojas, they never really gave him a chance. The reality is Rojas didn't have the experience to lead a team in New York. He may very well have a future as a coach, in this league, but this was the worst place for him to essentially start. And um, I think everyone knew how little control when that there was that situation of Burma fans, and then he came out and said, "Oh, um, I don't know anything about it." Either that was a lie, I suspect yeah. that is what it was, or to be honest with you, it's even worse if he didn't know because it'd been going on three or four games and if he didn't know then he should know so that's the reality of it my hunch is under buck that would not have lasted any more than one game because because no, he's gonna know what's going on he's gonna and he's gonna put a stop to stuff like that he, he would have sat them for at least a game just to prove a point and that's what you have to do um Carlos also adds uh, McNeil, Lindor, Kavoto. Everybody was like 250 to 280. All right, look in the mirror. Guess why you lost, guys? Because of McNeil, Lindor, Conforto. And you guys need to be accountable for the lack of performance that led to the Mets. And also, by the way, quitting on the manager that you had, in my mind. Yeah, um, I agree. Um, also, Lindor's, <laughs> Lindor's a big one for me. I understand He's young, but the reality is he's not getting paid like he's a young player. He's getting no. paid a lot of money. So he's you want to be the face of a franchise, you've got to bring it home because it isn't McNeil who's got that contract. Right. It's Lindor. So um, he's had lots. You know, I, I, I don't begrudge guys their money. Uh, guys no, are no. People are willing to pay him. I don't care, right? But be a leader. Be a leader. Yeah. Be accountable. Don't be pointing fingers in the stands and tell you know telling the fans to be quiet. You know when they're booing you and and whatever other nonsense they were doing and Lindor was part of. Be a leader. That stuff won't happen under Buck. I guarantee you that stuff won't happen. Yeah, um, Audrey, it's going to be interesting. Um, Agni Tom, um, will tell. Um, Carlos also had something interesting. He said Lindor did good on defense, yes, but you don't get paid that much money for uh, defense because if you did, ev well, not everyone, but um, you, you wouldn't know, get that. 
No, I'll agree with his comment that Lindor is a good defensive player. He played good. He did play good defense. But again, my biggest problem with Lindor isn't even his, his batting average. It was his attitude more than anything. And that's what needs to change. change and he needs yeah. to change a lot of guys on that team. I think he underestimated what New York was. And then um, obviously didn't have the experience when the fans started to turn on him. Uh, and that's the reality of it. But the reality is when you get that contract, it's big man's game at that point. So you've got to man up because it's easy to be the face of a franchise when everything's going well. It's not so much when it's not. Um, yeah, I did see Dave Guyatt's comment too that the Yankees missed out, by the way, on, on Buck. And they did. They missed the boat. Yeah. They should have They should have fired last season. At midseason, they should have fired Aaron Boone and hired Buck. Because, again, it's the same problem with the Yankees. There's no accountability. And Aaron Boone doesn't hold anybody accountable. And then he throws his coaches under the bus. So the Yankees had, had plenty of opportunities. And Buck was right there in their TV studios. Yeah. And they wouldn't pull the trigger. So... You know, when Buck turns this Met team around and the Yankees are not on the back page anymore, you got nobody to blame but yourselves. I agree. But also one point is, I and I said this about the Jets and the same thing, Steph, I think some fans haven't got used to with the Yankees. Their team isn't the team what it was now. This is no longer their division. The lights of the oh. Rays, I'm not sure they're as... They're not as good as the Rays, and I'm not sure they're as good as Boston. And people look at them as, oh, that X amount of wins guaranteed. They're not anymore. They've let their team stagnate. And to be honest with you, if if it's World Series or bust for Cashman and Boone this year, they're in trouble because they're, they're getting nowhere near that, not with this roster. No, not look at there's a lot of work to do whenever this lockout does end, and I don't see it ending anytime before uh early February at the best. Um, the Yanks are gonna have a lot of work to do within a very short period of time to fix this roster, yeah. Audrey, um, so going from one New York sports team with issues to another of New York Knicks, um, every time they have a win. Last night's game, it was a prime example. Was there for the taking and through mm-hmm. their issues? And I understand they've got COVID issues themselves, but it was still there for the taking. You can't have Kemba score that many points and lose that game. Um, players need to step up. If they played just a little bit, but on defense, then they would have won that game. And yeah. it's they haven't won two straight games since mid-October, and that is inexcusable. And if you go through that run, then you're not going to uh, get to the playoffs, to be honest with you. The next three weeks is crucial because they supposedly got a bit of an easier strength of schedule. But if they keep playing defence the way they have, then never mind uh, looking to add players. They may well be sellers come um, trade deadline time. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, you know, look, at we keep saying, I can't say it anymore. I said I would after January 1st, I couldn't say it. I can't say it now. It is getting late now, right? 32 games into the season, four games under 500. Winning one, losing one is not good enough. Rose is out for eight weeks. 
it's time to take a look at some of these kids and get some some energy on his team and and yeah. Grimes and Sims played 22 minutes last night. That's that's a good sign. And you know, Tibbs is going to have to get his head around the fact that he needs these kids. This team this team lost their identity. You know, last year's team was 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 scrappy, played really good defense, and this year's team is you know three pointers and 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 lackadaisical defense, and it's affecting everybody. Josh, uh, Randall, Josh Randall, uh, uh, Joe's Randall is not the the player he was last year. Not just the numbers; the numbers don't mean anything to me. But he's not playing the way he played last year, and this team is not playing the way they played last year. Um, and again, at, at the end of the day, uh, and Carlos is going to latch right onto this. It, it's Thibodeau's got to fix that, and Rose has got to fix the roster problem, and they got to get on the same page and get a team that 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 can win, and can win the way Tibbs wants to win, or or Thibodeau can't be here because you don't put the right kind of team together for him to succeed, and this team yeah. is not built for his type of uh, style right now, and. The Fournays of the world, you know, they were, they look good, you know, but he's shooting two for 11 last night and three pointers and scores eight points. Can't be. This is not yeah. the way this team is going to, they need to get back to what they were doing. And you may see a totally different roster, not totally different, but, you know, certainly uh, well made over roster come the trade deadline here if things don't change significantly. I agree, um, but the problem is with Fournier playing away is, yeah, I will yeah, admit he had a couple of good games. Who's going to want that contract? Maybe after um, another year, but he got the longest deal of anyone they signed this year, so that's a problem. Uh, they may have to eat some of that contract to trade him, and if they have to, they have, they've got the kids uh, who they want to develop, so if they have to eat some of it, they have to. Um, it's going to be interesting because with the Rhodes injury, I kind of want uh, Miles McBride to play. Um, I know it's a small sample size, but um, do Was you he see? Last night? I didn't. He didn't play last night. He's not on the. No, it's uh, the, he's on the COVID protocol. Oh, so Topping, Topping yeah, and Grimes right. come back. Um, so as. Barrett, but McBride still in there and quickly still in there and Norrell just got added. Listen, I like Quentin Grimes games a lot, game a lot, and he's a guy that I would find some playing time for here and see what happens, especially with Rose gone for as long as he's going to be. I want to see what happens. Give him some time. Um, Ian McBride, I guess. And quickly, get them all in the game more. You know, yeah, I'd really, yeah. the only problem is the only way you can do that is because you can't just move Fournier out of a rotation like you did Kim, but surely you'd have to move him. That's the only explanation him or Burks because there's just not room. Um, mm -hmm. I think there's already problems in this locker room with what they did with Kim, but I don't dis necessarily disagree with the move because it just wasn't working but if you look at some of these players body language they clearly didn't agree with the move i think he's lost the locker room a little bit and i'm a big tips fan but 
I think it might be a bigger issue than people think. Well, yeah, but I think there was a message being, in my mind, it's only my opinion, I don't know. When you bury a guy like that, that quickly, I got to believe he didn't want him in the first Uh, place, and him and Rose weren't on the same page. I think we chatted about that last week, right? I think that's the problem. And whereas you could say, did he lose a bit of a locker room? A bit of that's on Rose, because if if he signed him, should I say, and didn't, speak to tips and um that's a bit of that's on him um it there's got to be more cohesion between the two because this is meant to be a partnership they speak all the time about how long they've known each other and how close they are then surely they would have talked what the team needed and didn't need and you're probably going after eat some of that camera contract and to be honest Fournier as well and to be honest I think that's the only choice because with where they're at I think you've really got to find a way to get Grimes and McBride in the rotation yeah. and it's got to be Fournier because I don't think it'll be Burks and I don't think it should be Burks uh, I think this Kemba performances doesn't change anything because McBride's the future because you with the position you're in, you've got to see what you've got in McBride because, or otherwise, you've got to make a move for a point guard this off season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, look at it's time to for desperate uh, measures here because the season's quickly slipping away, and yeah, uh, you know, I'm not excited uh, to be watching that. Game. Carlos and I talked about it this morning. I'm not terribly excited to be watching that game on Christmas Day. I can tell you right now. Yeah, I agree, and. It's interesting, uh, you mentioned about sending a message to Kemba. I did see uh, some treats. Perhaps Randall needs a Kemba treatment for a week or so. And, um, to be honest with you, I say it in jest, but I don't necessarily disagree because um, it's sort of not working. It's going to be interesting, and someone else who needs to come back and hit the ground running is RJ Barrett. He was finding his feet yeah. a little bit before he got injured, but this season has not panned out how we hoped, or I'm sure he hopes. So he's got to it this is his third year. He's got to um show he is what we think he is because he's gonna expect to get paid pretty soon and he's got to prove to us that he's worth that money. I I'm a big RJ fan, but yeah, it's me time too. to step up. Right, you're right. There's a time that you know you have to kind of put your money where you put your money where your mouth is, literally. And uh, you got to play well. He played early. He played great basketball early in the year, and I just don't know what happened. I agree, but Randall's got to earn that contract as well. We paid him, so he's got to earn it. And another point is, um, Robinson. I know the fans love him, and he wants this contract. They've got to make a decision on him because if they're not going to sign him long term, and I don't think they will, because I think he's asking for way more than they want. What's the point in his contract expiring? So if you're not going tender him an offer, they've got to move him. To be honest with you, or it's a wasted asset. Agreed. You know, again, there's a lot. Everybody's got to adjust. And again, we talked about accountability with the Mets, right? The Knicks are in the same place right now, and everybody's yeah. got to look in the mirror. And 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 admit their own faults and and it and just commit to doing what they need to get better as a team. This is you know, and this may not be the group that's going to do it. 
So yeah. maybe it's time to see what you got in some other guys uh, before the season's totally lost. The problem is what they opted for in free agency was keep the chemistry, what they had. And at this point, it's not too late, but it seems like that was the wrong decision because as um, has been brought up, they might as well have essentially burnt that 70-odd million in cap they spent this offseason. And yeah, uh, that is the point. I talked up Rose as well as Thibodeau last year, and I said the best thing Rose did last year was get Thibodeau in, and Thibodeau changed the culture, and Randall bought in, and everybody bought into what, what was being put on the table, and that this offseason was going to be crucial for Rose because now the fans are not going to be happy with just making the playoffs and losing in the first round. Now you got to take the next step. And he hasn't only not taken the next step, they've regressed because of the team he put together. So – yeah, him and Thibodeau are both accountable. You have to be accountable yeah. here, and they can get together and fix it. I agree, and you speak about accountability. I'm a big Tibbs fan, but the problem is he isn't holding them accountable because there's been several games. I'm not saying start topping, but there's been several games where he's just hot, and he takes him out. Yeah, that that can't happen anymore because what they're doing isn't winning them games. So. If he's hot, he plays. If Randall's hot, Randall plays. And that's how it's got to be because or you, how can the players buy in if he isn't holding everyone accountable? Yeah, I agree. But you also got to look at what goes on the other end of the court as well when it comes to yeah. top. Randall. I mean, Randall's got one of the worst um, uh, Def- point differentials on the team. And that's that be. Neither of them can defend. So whereas... I would like to see Toppin play more. He doesn't defend any better well, than Randall. And he doesn't even a big pretend thing. to try. No, well, that's the thing. And R- Randall was very good defensively last year. As I said last week, I don't know if it's as simple as he's not as fit as last year. I don't know. Um, but it's got to be fixed pretty soon. And um, I guess um, we'll see how the next week pans out. And that just about wraps up today's it does. episode. And the word of the week uh, is accountability, Carlos. So listen, if I got my wife bad Christmas gifts, I'm going to be accountable for what happens. So, you know, yeah. accountability is important. You know, it doesn't it doesn't get you hits. It doesn't make you a better game manager. I understand that. But accountability is where everything in life starts. Everything. It, it certainly is. And um a place where you're always held accountable to your Sunday stream of consciousness. Have you got one this week? Or we will actually you... be on hiatus this Sunday because I have uh, family in town and some obligations, and I have to uh, also uh, fit time in to get to where I need to watch the Patriots and Bills. So we probably won't do it. Um, we're not going to, at least we won't be on our regular time. I may sneak in, you know, 30 minutes somewhere here. I'm not sure yet. And uh, so anyway, we'll probably, uh, we'll be back with our full show. Uh, the following Sunday as well. Yeah. Fire tips. Um, Thanks for clearing that up, Carlos. I was, you kept hitting around there. <laughs> I was going to say who would the fall, but um, that's the perfect place to end the episode. I've learned to thank you for joining me today, Keith. Thank you and uh, Merry Christmas. Yeah. Um, I just want to say, hope everyone has a, Merry Christmas and a thank you to everyone for not just watching today but this year in general. Um, stay safe and um, 
what better way to start your Christmas than to head over to Keith's TGI Sports Talk channel and give him the Christmas present of liking his page. So Excellent. Thank you. I can think of no better present. Yeah, exactly. Um, and thank you to everyone for watching, to David and Carlos for commenting. Um, and until next time, let's talk sport fans.